Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of What Most People Think. And, uh, how are you, man? Are you experiencing the weather in a very tabloidy way? Are you sweltering? Are you sweltering in the heat? Are you sizzling? It's got, you've got to swelter and sizzle, haven't you? There's no other way to experience uh, heat. Are, 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 you, are you drenching yourself? Uh, cooling off? That's another one. When Brits cool off with a pint of beer. I mean, like, if it's really hot, this is one thing we don't want to admit as Brits because we just like getting pissed. But if it's really hot, like an alcoholic drink, it doesn't massively... It doesn't massively help, but you do feel better because alcohol is a is a wonderful drug. And this is the kind of thing, ladies and gentlemen, that you can say when you don't have advertisers. Uh, this is a, a special episode where we talk about how the podcast is funded. You'll notice that there aren't uh, any adverts on this, other than the you know huge amounts of self promotion that I do. Is that every so often I can just do a bonus episode, and it is Men's Mental Health Week. This week. So it's Men's Health Week, right? We only get a week, right? Pride gets a whole fucking month. We, this is, this is, but that's fine because as men, we don't like to make a fuss. Obviously, some people say, Jeff, you know, there are men in the LGBTQIA plus Wi Fi password community. I get that. I get that. But uh, we just need a week. That's all we need. And uh, I was thinking, you know, it's been a while since we've spoken about men's mental health on the podcast. It is part of the remit of this podcast, which I appreciate people that have listened for a while allow me to be incredibly vague about. Sometimes it's a solo episode, sometimes it's a guest interview, sometimes it's co hosting. Sometimes it's politics, sport, and, and, and today it is about men's mental health. So I'll be have, having a chat with um, Kenny Marmarella de Cruz, the man whisperer, uh, to give him his street name. He's been on the podcast a couple of times before, and, and he's got some very interesting things to say about particular mental health challenges or mental health challenges that men face today in 2022. So he's going to be kind of laying out to me what he thinks are key areas people should think about. And I hope, you know, obviously I have male and female listeners to this, but it might be that you, you know, you take something from this personally, or there might be someone that you know that is just, you know, one of those blokes, a good bloke, but has never really, has never really wondered why he thinks how he thinks. You know, you know the kind of bloke that I mean, the kind of bloke that just doesn't cry his whole life, and then, you know, at the age of 50, he watches an episode of You Being Framed and he bursts into tears. I'm talking about that guy. And I'm not saying, no one really wants men to be crying all day. This is not, we don't need to overcorrect as a society, but we do need to just stop sometimes and think about how we feel and why we feel like that, and just whether we could feel a bit happier. I mean, that's one thing they, they never say about mental health. A lot of people go into it to be fixed, when really... The truth is, could you just feel a little bit better um, than you do? I hope everybody's been watching Backstage with Catherine Ryan. As I say, if, you, if you've enjoyed that and you tweet about it with the hashtag Backstage with Catherine Ryan. But, uh, but just word of mouth. It really, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but just when you're with your mates, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you, you, know when you recommend a show, um, there's two reactions. One of the things, it, it's so hard to recommend a show because people get weirdly pissed off when you recommend stuff, especially if you're really passionate about it. I've worked out that if you really think someone should watch it, in terms of the recommendation, you want to be hitting like a 6.5 or a 7, right? You want to be hitting it. You go, yeah, no, I just saw this thing. Yeah, it's just really good. I, th- I think you'd probably enjoy it. But it's when people go like, dude, you have to watch this show. You're thinking, I'm never, just so you know, I'm not going to say this out loud, I'm never watching your stupid fucking show. <laughs> 
Dude, seriously, this 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 show actually changed my view of the world. I think I got a bit more intelligent after watching it. I mean, it's true about middle-aged men. Middle-aged men are never as passionate as when they're recommended a documentary, are they? No, no, no seriously, just drop everything. Drop everything. You have to watch this thing about the meat industry. No, I don't, honestly, I don't, okay? Because then I might stop eating meat and I enjoy meat and I'm middle-aged and I'm running out of stuff that I love. Um, just quickly before we crack on, because uh, we are going to get into this quickly, I don't know if you saw in the old politics at PMQs this week. So obviously the issues are Rwanda, this flight that never got off the ground, uh, the Northern Ireland Protocol, there's so much happening. And Starmer, well, he stood up at PMQs and uh, he went on the economy again. Prime Minister. Yeah, OK, that's fairly baked in now. We know, you know the government are sort of putting money in people's bank accounts. There's definitely other stuff that they could do, but... You want to talk about the big issues of the 24 hours? So not only did he not address these things that a lot of people on the left would have been looking in for him to take certainly a moral or maybe a philosophical lead on, he then went into this weird riff on Star Wars. Now, I know the reason that he'll have done this is because the Obi-Wan Kenobi series uh, is streaming, and but it's a classic metropolitan fucking mistake, isn't it? How many people in Britain have a Disney Plus account? Of those people, how many people are watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. Not many. All right. Now you can sit there with your little special advisors, probably all blokes in their late 20s, and they can sit there pitching you gags about <laughs> that we should do like a, <laughs> we, could, we should do this like, like extended riff about how like Boris thinks that he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he's actually Jabba the Hutt. And that, that they got so attached to that punchline that Starmer went on this ill-advised one minute riff. And, and I just, it was just spectacularly shit. Robert Peston said, oh, oh, surprise, surprise, Starmer said something funny. Yeah, in 1983, Robert. I mean, the only way, like, if you, to show you how bad Starmer's... I mean, as a comedy writer myself, Starmer's joke logic and structure... If I was to write a joke about Starmer using Starmer logic, I'd say, well, yeah, he thinks he's the Fonz, but he's actually Richard Cunningham. <laughs> you go, well, why are you making these fucking dated references? All right, Jim from Big Bang Theory. That is still, that show's not on anymore. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe he should make this his thing, you know, where he goes up every week at PMQs and just does dated movie reference gags and just like tries to get him in in a really shoehorned way. Oh, you know, the Prime Minister is so attached to his Chancellor. It's like he's the precious. Yes, the precious. Oh, oh master. And, uh, and, you know, the Prime Minister, when it comes to, uh, you know, making any concessions, his logic seems to be, you shall not pass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angela, please take over. OK, just a quick thank you and a fuck you before we speak to Kenny Marmorella, the Cruz, the Man Whisperer. I want to say thank you to Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. You know, it is. Look, there's weird stuff in it. OK, there's stuff that doesn't fully make sense. There are a couple of the worst chase scenes I've ever seen in anything. I mean... Literally, and I know that when you're making a TV show, okay, there's less budget. I don't know what it is, 25 million an episode, but it is a TV. It's a TV show, right? We have to accept this to an extent. It's not going to be like as finished an article, uh, and and of course, it's a TV show. They have to drag out a concept. There'll be a filler episode in there, episode four. <coughs> you know who you are. Um, but I liked it, and I, I think that I don't want to do any spoiler alerts. But I think that you know, by episode five, I think it's in, I think it's in a good place. And and Ewan McGregor, you know. Hear him do Obi Wan Kenobi again. It's just a, it's just an absolute pleasure, you know. 
It's over, Anakin. I have the higher ground. I mean, I'm losing people here. I'm really fucking losing people. But I would say this, that Star Wars at some point do need, because they've kind of taken refuge in television. We'll just make TV shows. We can make TV shows forever because they were so burnt by how much people hated Last Jedi. It's like they've got PTSD from movies. And then Rise of Skywalker was such an overcorrection. Now, we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to make it. We could do our TV. We'll do it our TV. At some point, you've got to put on your big boy pants and make a fucking film. I mean, and you know, as good as I like, as much as I like Obi-Wan Kenobi the series, let's be honest, it's a really good two and a quarter hour film. Uh, the fuck you is to a promo. I mean, this is a weird thing to go out. A promo that I heard on, I think it was Five Live, and it was about women's sport right look you know we have a obesity problem in this country we have an issue compared to the rest of europe with uh, women not doing sport right i'm not going i'm not going at you ladies but it, it it sort of used the phrase a woman's place so you know there used to be this old phrase a woman's place is in the home right this is a, a long time ago that this phrase was in popular circulation and it ends the promo by going a woman's place is everywhere i thought yeah like why are you why are you punning or or using that phrase like it's in popular circulation. This is not, I don't, I haven't heard that phrase unironically since the late 80s, right? The last person I would say that live was some 85-year-old guy who then got a smack in the arm off his wife and then probably died like a week later. I just, I do think now that, that you know, as things, as social justice has gone so far forward, there is more equality, no matter what people say, okay? They, you know, there was, there's always further to go. You have to caveat it that, with that. But some people miss the struggle, right? Some people miss the, the, the narrative, the victim narrative, for want of a better word. And the truth is, right now, there is so much effort into promoting women's sport. Like, you know, I don't know when it happened, but in media, they just suddenly started doing, like, women's football news as part of the main news. And they wouldn't ever introduce it. They would suddenly go, uh, big transfer news. Manchester City have broken their transfer record. You go, fucking hell. They go, yeah, Emma Smith has been signed from, you know, what, you know. So they actually went way out ahead of doing that. And so I just it just pisses me off the idea that, that anyone is like actively thinking that a woman's place uh, is in the home. There's just, you might have one older male relative that will say that when he's drunk at Christmas. OK, let's get into the chat with the brilliant man whisperer, a.k.a. Kenny Marmarella de Cruz. So I am delighted to welcome back to the show the Man Whisperer, a.k.a. Kenny Marmarella de Cruz. How are you doing, Kenny? Pretty good. And I still have an English accent, but I've moved back to Wales. <laughs> You've moved back to Wales? This is interesting. So, so where is it you live in? Fishguards. I moved to Fishguards at the age of seven from refugee camp. So yeah. it was my first, second home, I guess, after refugee camps. Um, and you know what? Since lockdown... Um, I realised that I need safe, I need yeah. clean air. I, I, I've moved with my wife from London. Um, she's perimenopausal, so she deserves space. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to, to both of you. <laughs> <laughs> man, does that change a man's life? Perimenopausal, female hormones, we go through them together, eh? Well, they are, they are a, uh, I mean, it's always difficult, isn't it? We're both probably thinking in the back of our minds, our wives may listen to this, but it's fair to say they have a scope beyond their own bodies. Um, <laughs> I just want to double check, you know, your your decision to move back to the place that you moved as a refugee. I'm, I'm hoping this isn't the wider context of, of government actions. You're not, 
You're not thinking of going back to the place that your family originally fled from, are you? No, we fled from Uganda, and I don't think we'd want to go back because we were on the Secret Service death list, so we haven't been right. back since. And, you know, yeah. that wasn't much of a send-off party. We left my father there. He was supposed to be killed, so he got smuggled out at the last minute. So, no, haven't been back there. And this is home. Love London. Hmm. Going back every week, I've got a, a posh therapy room on Regent Street, which doesn't make me work in class anymore, I guess. But I'd say not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone, what a big dick move that is, even just having an office and doing stuff in person these days. Yeah. That is, uh, that, that's a marker. I mean, you know, before we get into, you know, the, the kind of focus of this chat in, in Men's Health Week, and we're talking specifically about men's mental health, is... Is I just want to put something to you. I mean, you going back to Fishguard post lockdown. I do feel like when you look at the the collateral sort of mental impact of the last couple of years, there is a thought in my mind that we are suffering some sort of PTSD from it that we haven't really realised. It's it, outrageous. You know, we're just sort of wandering around. Our whole way of living was upended repeatedly for two years. And it's like the moment the travelator started moving, we just went, get back on that fucking travelator. And there's a lot of people that will be confused and unsettled by the things that have happened. Do you know one weird thing that's happened? I mean, on the day of lockdown, um, I started holding men's groups every day online by donation. And they carry on to this day. I'll be going there after mm. this. Um, and people have come in in an absolute state or people have come in after breaking through. One guy came in saying, I'm in hospital with COVID. My mother's in a different ward and my father's been moved to the mortuary. Now that's heavy. Yes. Um, but quite a few suicidal people and also people breaking through. There's one guy I'm thinking of saying... In all my years, he's in his 50s, in all my years, I've never been met by blokes. I've never been able to tell the truth. And I'm doing this no longer an alcoholic because all my life I've worked, I've gone to the pub, I've got mm. pissed and I've been the last man standing and it was shit, but it's all I had. So there's been a lot of badness. There's been a lot of goodness. It's a catalyst. Yeah, I mean, I certainly, I, there were a few, because I'd been touring and I'd been so busy when it happened that I was one of those people. I, I was lucky enough to have just enough work, but I, I didn't miss the live element, which at first I found unsettling. And then I leaned into it and I can remember saying to my wife, babe, I, you know, I don't even know if I'll, I'll go back to touring. Mm. And, and I, I saw by her reaction you know, just the fear in her eyes that I was serious about that. I was like, oh, yeah, me being out of the house is about more <laughs> than just me. In the same way yeah. her hormones are about more than just her. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know, it was a hiatus that, that had some sort of function. But if we look, you know, specifically at men, and, and you know, obviously I, I do accept that there are lots of female breadwinners out there, but the much higher likelihood is that men will spend a period of their time being either the prime or the sole breadwinner yeah you're you know if you're certainly if you're self-employed your capacity to earn was jeopardized both in the short term medium term and there was a point where a lot of people wondered if they'd ever work again and, and that has an impact on people doesn't it it's been huge i mean so many people um to be frank are still on lockdown in that they haven't left the house or they're scared to leave the house or they've got mental health issues anxiety through the roof um, so, yeah, it's been the hugest catalyst in people's lives, men, women, children, 
freedom and anxiety is a lot of men have realized or have developed, um, you know, now it's the whole neurodiverse thing and they realize their ADHD. Uh, a lot of people have put on weight and these days people recognize that men have uh, body dysmorphia, issues with how they look. And a lot of people have put on weight. You know, the government said, stay at home, eat pizza, watch TV. And that's what people did. So I don't remember that exact slogan. I, I think I remember. The, I remember. The, I remember the stay at home bit. I mean, I think that the pizza and TV bit. I don't deny that that was how it played out in a lot of our minds. But that you know, I mean, Boris Johnson. If there was anyone that's going to sell that particular slogan, you go, well, he's living it. That, is, <laughs> that that that's him. But yeah, I mean, I think the weight issue. I, I've noticed that, and and maybe you know, it's because we emerged from it a couple of years later. So we're thinking, oh, this is weird weight. I'm finding it harder to shift than usual. Yeah, actually, you're just a bit older as well, and and because we lost that time, people don't factor that in. There is that. There are definitely aging issues, but you know, I would say rather than age, it's about a person's stage in life. And it's about mm. an outlook in life and another fallout that a lot of people aren't talking about, whether they took the jab or not, is people are knackered, people are tired, mm. people do not have the energy they used to have. My One of my best friends is a personal trainer um, for, you know, A-listers and billionaires and stuff. He's like Stretch Armstrong. You remember Stretch Armstrong? He's like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he hasn't got the energy he used to have, and it's the same as his clients, and they still need to look big and buff so they're good enough to, mm. you know, go on TV. Or on a very basic level with most people, if I haven't got the money or the muscles or I can't monkey around and entertain people, then I'm not good enough to be anyone's friend and I'm not good enough to connect with. So how do I become good enough? And I mm. think what people are realizing is you need to be good enough now and get on with it. Connect. Stop trying to make yourself a better product so Instagram likes you and connect because otherwise you're going to lose your marbles and blokes have lost their marbles. You know, it's like we need to be out and moving. We need to be doing something, fiddling, mm. fixing, moving, whatever. And to be trapped at home, it's been helped. It has not been good for mental health, for physical health, for relationships. In so many ways, it's not been good. Um, and it, it's, it's fucked with our energy. And now so many people are like, where do I belong? Do I actually belong with anyone? Do I have any friends? And what people have done with all their issues, typical male, go in the head and try and fix it. Fear it, fantasize it, and try and fix it. And most of the stuff that people try and fix don't even exist, which is why I believe it's so important to have other blokes to speak with and say, you never guess what shit's going on in my head, and then speak yeah. it out and get a reality check. And if you haven't got friends or you don't want to tell your friends what's going on because you're embarrassed, then find someone else, little old lady on a park bench, men's groups, whatever, but it needs to be spoken out. You just circle back to something that you said there, which I think is really interesting about worrying that you're not good enough. That's something that I'm not sure that men realise that they do. You know, we often testing ourselves in terms of our capabilities, our limits, our ability to withstand things, our, our ability to, to be of use. And sometimes, you know, perhaps our partners don't realise that when we go into our shell literally into our shell like a tortoise it's because it's because we're scared that we're not de delivering um on, on those things was i a good enough man you know or a good enough 
husband, do, do you think women sort of test themselves internally in exactly the same way? Oh, my God, do women compare and compete? I hold women's groups as well. And the I mean, we talk about hormones a lot more and stuff. But the one thing that they need to talk about and I generally bring into the room is how they compete and betray each other. Um, mm. Not necessarily I'm going to steal your husband, but it's more I need to be on that level where I have a value that's more, you know, the comparison and the, mm. <laughs> the way they talk about sex is off the scale. Yes. I mean, this is this is an area where I think men are at a huge disadvantage here. I, I would say this is I love women. I think they, they bring they, they've been the kind of holy trinity of big influences in my life. But frankly, the the detail that they go into about sex is treacherous. Mm. Let's just let's just call it what it is. They <laughs> will go into such incredible detail. Whereas I don't know if women realise, Kenny, is that is that for men, certainly in my friendship groups, a guy, a lot of women will think a guy that goes in giving it the big and going, oh yeah, I had her down, I threw her down on the bed, I was giving it that. <laughs> men don't men don't like that guy. Men think that guy is potentially uh, a, a, a sort of potential the kind of guy that would stage a mutiny. He's not trustworthy. Right. Yeah. Whereas women, that that literally, I mean, obviously, women wouldn't necessarily go. Oh, I threw him on the bed. I give him a quick rim job. You know, they, <laughs> they wouldn't necessarily say they wouldn't say it with the bravado. But for them, the sharing of detail, intricate detail, is part of the bonding process. Whereas, is it fair to say for men? And this is maybe a problem. It's the generalized nature of our discussion, which which kind of holds us back a bit. I'd say. Um there are two ways that blokes talk about sex. There's the boy way, which is bragging, showing off and generally lying uh, and trying to figure it out at the same time. And then there's the man way, which mm. isn't about that, but it's more about intimacy, issues, where things don't go right. Um, and, you know, you, you were talking about ageing. Um, it's like, I'm ageing and how do I keep it up? or I like these kind of women and those kind of women, or I'm worried about this, or these days, you know, some blokes that I've worked with, it's like, you know, it works, but I'll take a little bit of Viagra just in case, just so I've got the confidence. So there are the fears of it. There's the performance of it. And then there's the whole, well, I just need to get my rocks off because I'm going bonkers, but she needs foreplay. How do I do it? And how come what worked with that one doesn't work with this one? And that's vulnerable. That's a man telling the truth and exploring to be a better man and to explore intimacy. And intimacy for so many people, male and female, is plain scary. Where having a shag, especially when you're pissed, it's like, yeah, whatever. It is incredible, isn't it? Like when you, because even once you're in a couple for many years, a lot of the sex will happen when you're a bit drunk. Um, you know, there'll be some sort of, you know, there'll be some sort of uh, change in mindset that occurs through drink or, or whatever. And um, and then when you have sober sex, you're like, fucking hell, that was like, it's something else. You go, I mean, and is that is that a particular thing in Britain? Because let's be honest, alcohol plays such a big part of our lives. And also... I'd imagine a huge part in procreation. It, so the reason what made me think of that when you're talking about intimacy is it's both amazing, but it's so sharp and vivid. Mm. It's it can be like quite intense. Mm. Mm. You're dead right. 
Um, and I would say throw drugs into the, the cocktail as well. What was advice or? <laughs> <laughs> but with so many people, it's like, okay, I'll take this drug for confidence. Then I'll take this, this drug for intimacy. Then I'll take this drug for stamina. And I'll take this drug to calm down. And it's like, what? You're not even there during the, during the copulation. And yeah. for me, intimacy is sober. And there might be fixes of it while high or drunk or, or the being drunk might take the edge off of, okay, so now I'm confident or we're a bit kind of up for it and we can avoid the whole sloppy emotional bit and just get down to it. But especially in a long-term relationship, I would say it's a journey. It's a journey of vulnerability, exploration, getting to know yourself, growing together, growing old together. And it's not downhill, quite the opposite. There is a strange thing, I think, in middle age, whereby couples start to see sex potentially as one of those things that's on the ongoing to-do list, right? Stuff you've got to do every so often. Especially when you've you got go, kids, eh? Yeah, yeah, that you've got to visit, got to visit family. You know what I mean? You've got, <laughs> you've got to clean out the things. And yet, and like yet when it happens... Yeah, yeah, and and but it's so bizarre that it starts to seem oh god, we have got to remember to to do. And yeah, when it happens, it's great. Like it's really great. And then you kind of think, but even straight afterwards, I think a lot of couples find themselves going, well, one of the good things we don't have to do that again for a while. And and <laughs> you know, and 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 that's the problem is once you hit a certain age, is is often sex is associated with late at night, right? You're going to bed. I would argue mm. the worst, worst time, okay. especially in the age of Disney Plus and Amazon Prime, where you're kind of looking at your other half and you're both going, well, it would have to be better than season two of whatever we're watching. <laughs> and, and, and and that is, I can sit and consume that uh, uh, passively. I mean, like, you know, underrated time for sex, I mean, very difficult, you know, around 10 a.m., not not straight away when you wake up. I often yeah. find a lot of women like that. I don't like it, man. You're feeling all rank. You've got fucking bed head. Whereas <laughs> they're up for a cuddle. You're like, you know what? Can I just go out, get a shower, walk the dog, get a paper, do a couple of jobs, and then I'm all yours. Just interrupting briefly, just at a hunch, I know that there are quite a lot of people who listen to this podcast. There's some blokey blokes and, and there's some women who listen to this that like men to be men. I know that some of this might be a bit challenging, like the language and the way that we're talking about mental health. But do, just do stick with it and see if there are, you know, even a, a couple of concepts there that you can take away from some. And I'm, I'm not saying I think the vast majority of you would be loving this, but I just I just know that I'll get, you know, some emails going, get back to taking the piss out of Keir Starmer. Of course, of course, I'll be getting back to doing that. And and I would say genuinely, if, if you're struggling, we'll give details at the end of the chat uh, with Kenny. But do, do reach out. You know, if, if things are really, really tough, perhaps you're not someone that, you know, wants to do formal counselling or medication. You've got to do something, mate. Um, so, and, and of course, if this podcast is something that you think is of value to other people this is a really good one to share you know like the stuff that i've done about baby loss you know put it in in the sort of you know the, the line of sight of somebody that might take something from it uh, just before we get back to the chat with kenny obviously i'll just say backstage with Catherine ryan again uh, i'm in every episode i should say that as well i mean it's a i'm not i'm not in every episode millions you know loads and loads but a good amount and i am in every episode so i'm trying to support this show in every single way i can because you know we just want to do another one creatively 
economically. You know, there's so many good reasons for this. And if you don't subscribe to the Patreon and all that stuff, one thing that you you can do that would help me out is just by sharing it on social media with the hashtag and recommending it. Uh, obviously, I'm going up to the Edinburgh Fringe. If you want to see me do the I Blame the Parents, uh, it'll be a revamped show for the Edinburgh Fringe. He's a fucking committing to a lot there, isn't he? <laughs> a revamped show. But there will be uh, a lot of new elements to that, which I'm trying out uh, in the next couple of months. And I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe from the 12th to the 28th of August. And you can help my mental health uh by buying some fucking tickets <laughs> i should kenny will probably tell me off for saying that life's not all about money jeff come on i'd love to know you know in terms of we're in 2022 now this is a very different time for men i think that in many ways the lockdown turbocharged a lot of sort of social justice and what are sometimes called woke issues what sort of particular things are you finding that you're talking about in your men's group now that would be good to share with our listeners um so much of it i would say is about isolation and overthinking um getting from a to b can cause people so much stress having a meeting being at work, um, a huge one, you know, you mentioned woke issues, a huge one is a man opening his mouth and with all good intentions saying the wrong thing. And rather than being educated, rather than having patience, just being punished and demonized. It's like the stepping back is just shocking. It's really sad. But there is so much going on in people's heads and men don't often have the space to speak it out and work it out and learn from other people. Um, Attention spans getting shorter, um, ADHD, uh, distraction, the inability to do basic things that we had before we were locked up. And I would say the only way I believe through is nip it in the bud and, and pretty much man up and talk about it. It's not about fix it. It's not about... Um, find out what's wrong. and There's nothing wrong with us. We need to get to know where we are, accept what's going on rather than fight it or deny it and find out how other people have failed as well as how other people have succeeded and work it through. And as we go back into life, and I'm not sure there is going back, as we move forward into the next chapter, we need to, well, we have slowed down and we need to slow down. Same with sex and be more intimate in life and make more choices, be more conscious with life, because this is a huge opportunity, I would say, for all of us to include ourselves in our lives before it was unconscious, automatic and competitive. Now we've got the opportunity for conscious and rather than competitive, and especially with the corporates I'm I'm, I'm working with, it's collaborative. It has to be collaborative because quite easily there'll be one person down and then the job's not going to be done. But if the team is holding whatever is going on and people are trusting and listening and working together and people, you know, so many men have outgrown their friends. I do like the fact that you're, you're, you're okay with using the phrase man up because I've often defended that phrase. It's it certainly, it gets derided. A lot of people say, I, I hate that phrase and the pressure it puts on mm. men. 
but I, I just find that of course there can be an equivalent phrase for women, but that that call to arms, you know, yeah. that 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 is speaks to something quite deep within men to to some, and you have to judge the right moment. But pull yourself together and just rec- and it's sort of like a recognition of these circumstances aren't going to change. So really, you do have to at some point sort yourself out mm. and, and get your head around it. it. It's not necessarily a toxic thing. It's just part of an armory of the ways that you might speak to someone who's struggling. Man up does not mean stuff it down and put on a, a good show because good shows have sell-by dates and these days it's dangerous. It means man up and talk about it, to talk about what's going on, get real about what's going on because, you know, it takes, there have been the suicide rates, forget about, you know, there's, there's, there's the violence and abuse and but the suicide rates, the gift of the daily check-in groups is people can talk about what's going on rather than lash out on other people or lash in on themselves. And when people have come in suicidal, um, they have been, they've seen who else in the room has at some stage in their lives been suicidal. And they're reminded that all things will pass. But I know that when I've been fucked up, I've believed that I've always been fucked up. I always will be fucked up. And any moments of joy must have been fleeting and they they don't really count. But to be talking about it, to just name it, not being fixed or upstaged or no advice or any of that, just talking about it, it breaks the spell. And Yeah, just somebody telling you that that things will will change, you know, just reminding you of of, it's, it's, it's what people need to hear. Um, when they're down in, in terms of sort of other you know sort of specific things around about now as you, I, I was just thinking about you know you talk about suicide rates and there is there's been this strange period of time where we have for a while spoken in quite universal terms about male privilege in particular about straight white male privilege and it's it's weird because on the one hand one of the problems with men is not feeling that they can talk about the difficulties that they face mentally. Yeah. Have you seen the impact? So if you've got a straight white male guy, you know, who's doing all right for himself, he's had a decent life, but he's feeling down. Do you see evidence in your groups of 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 how the pressure that puts on them to not perhaps complain or, or, or moan or talk about many mental health issues they have? Especially the privileged ones. Um, you know, the ones that have got everything or they've got everything that, that they should have or everyone else wants to have. And it's like, well... I feel shameful to say that I'm depressed and I'm thinking you're in a right pickle because you do have everything apart from purpose or passion or connection, any meaning in life um, or a sense of belonging. And money can't buy that. Being coming from privilege can't buy that. So it has been really shameful for those that have. Um, and for me, yeah, it's like the white middle class male, but it's a, it's a, it is more about class. I'm to be honest, and I'll probably get into trouble for this. I wouldn't even say it's that much about race or sexuality. It's about class. It's about ability. Mm. Um, and I'm not I'm not not to say that race and sexuality and other things don't come into it, but those that have can suffer the most because they're not allowed to feel bad. It's like, well, you've got everything. What are you complaining about? It's not about that. And people haven't been taught how to play nicely. It's all been boyish competition. 
and man up, stuff it down, put on a good show. You don't exist. Do what be who we want you to be. Do what we we want you to do. But this is the time where everyone can show up and say, well, this is what's up with me. Or I'm lost. I'm confused. I'm fucked. Um, and that breaks the spell. You know, the, the line that we use is name it rather than blame it or shame it. And blaming it is it's because of my father, my mother, the Catholic church, society, mm. whatever. And then that can just go on for ages, blaming it and not shifting anything. And shame can own a man. I shouldn't talk about this. I'm too shameful because I've got this, this and this and other people have got less. But it's like naming it breaks the spell. Naming it gives everyone permission to talk about what's really going on so we can learn from each other, get to know who we no longer need to be and take part in life more authentically. And rather than fighting it, the first step's got to be acceptance. So, so if we give a practical example, I think I think that's a naming, shaming, and blaming is a really um, is a really good concept. So, you know, the example might be that someone is is feeling like uh, you know grief stricken as a man, but can't. What he really needs to do is name it and say, "I'm sad." Really, yeah. Um, you know, the, the hard things to say. I'm lonely. I miss my mum. I miss my dad. I miss my best friend. Mm. Um, but the, the the blaming might be you know, about late diagnosis, you know, or, or or kind of you might put people often when it comes to grief, certainly I've learned people like to focus their anger. You know, there was something that happened at the funeral. Yeah. Someone was disrespectful. Someone was wearing jeans. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the shaming is, well, you know, I got to have my parents for 30 years. Some people don't have them for one year. Is that is that a reasonable example of what, what you're talking about? Totally. Though? I mean, there's one guy um, who lost his wife and it's three years ago now. Um, his wife used to sell, send him to groups initially because he, he's in his 70s. Um, he had a best friend since he was eight years old and they loved each other. And the guy died on him and he was depressed. So his wife sent him to groups and he loved coming to the groups and he was happier. And then we were on the journey with him when his wife got ill and then his wife died. And he comes in and he talks about his grief and he talks about his shame of weeping and he talks about how lonely he is and how he still is in love with her and is scared that he'll never have a girlfriend or hold someone's hand again and we we touch him we hug him he comes for physical contact we learn from him we're together we don't try and fix it but the share and he says i feel embarrassed i feel scared to talk about this I can't fix it. And it's like we sit with him in that place. And I would say this is, these are the golden moments that change lives. Um, just to end um, on a sort of more, slightly more lighthearted note, you mentioned earlier about um, competing. Um, this is, you know, certainly at a certain age, I'm finding the age I am, mid-40s, and I don't know if this is common, but this is the bit in your life where you need to make something fucking happen, right? You know, as a bloke, you know, you, stuff could happen in your 50s, but essentially, this is really, these are, are the this kind of... This is where the doubts come in. Oh, my God, these are the, am I this age? Have I done it yet? I better do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the right... Are things slightly going into yeah. reverse? I mean, even, even, I'll give you an example, even my podcast numbers, and I've seen this enough now, every so often, they dip a little bit, and then they... they they usually come back 
but my God, that, that can send me into absolute fucking spiral of, well, everyone's rejecting me. What's the point? I'm putting all, all this yeah. work. And then, and I don't take as much pleasure when they go back up. So it, it's kind of the, the decks are stacked against me. But the specific thing I want to mention is, is quite recently, because of kind of some of the people I know and I work with, uh, I went to a few people's houses and they all had swimming pools, right? <laughs> and, um, and, and I was thinking about this. And I am lucky that I'm not generally sort of jealous of stuff. I understand that my situation in life is pretty good. But when um when I, I was thinking, you know, it's really hot at the moment and, and a swimming pool is a great thing to cool off. Mm. And um, I pulled out the paddling pool we got for my little boy mm. and inflated it. And it's so much smaller now. I, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not. The paddling pools are never big. But having seen these other pools... I was just standing there going, fucking hell. And, and the thing was, I was thinking, I should never have taken my son to these houses. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's got a completely disproportionate... <laughs> why can't I mean, we Britain, have one? <laughs> yeah, why, but Britain, Britain as a country is not a well-blessed place with swimming pools. Yeah. So, so just, you know, in terms of how men deal with that feeling, and it's not like, I don't need that shit for myself. Mm. There's just things I want to provide for the people around me. What, what kind of advice have you got with people managing that feeling? Do you know, especially with kids, I'd say spell it out. This is reality. Um, so many men, you know, during going back to lockdown and anger, people have shouted at times and then felt bad and then made up. And I've always said, look, take them through it and say, sometimes there's anger. Sometimes I get it wrong and put it right and do it consciously. Some people have less. Some people have more. Some people chase this and do that, and those are their values, and that's how they are. Mm. And we're like this, you know. I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine what it's like to have close friends that bring up their kids, and some of their kids are wild and off the rails, and some of the kids are like goody goody, and how do you do it? But I guess you explain, well, they're like that, and they're like well, that. Well, luck- luckily, in this case, the, the, the kids are all, I mean, that helps that the kids are all really nice kids, mm. and we haven't got any like Veruca sorts or. <laughs> people from Roald Dahl uh, mythology they're, they're, they're all lovely kids but yeah maybe I just uh, level level him go you know what son we're paddling pool people at the moment it's like this is yeah. these are our choices but it is talk about it and and talk about you know rather than we haven't got it's giving energy to what we want to grow so if that's that's one of my cheap lines is like give energy to what you want to grow rather than what you want to go and what do what do we want to have son do we want to have this, this and this? Or are these our priorities? How shall we do it? So make it creative rather than less than. And welcome mm. to reality. But reality is creative. We don't have a ceiling. We don't have limitations. But this is our situation at the moment. What shall we grow? And then you're in it together. And it's welcome to reality. So many people um, just want to throw money at it or fix it, or justify it. And it or get in debt. That's the exactly. other thing. I mean, one of the, the the benefits I've is that I'm not I'm not a, a jealous person, but I obviously I also hate getting in debt. So even when I do feel jealousy, I can quickly scan to right the impact. I can I can sort of sort of war game it in my mind. All right, he, he's not asking by the way for these things. My son, he's a very he's got a lot of gratitude as a kid. So this all comes from within me. But I could go. All right, we could have some sort of so or, or a really fancy kind of semi permanent pool that costs that, that then costs, you know, that takes that long to earn. That means extra days away from home, you know, and stuff like that. That means dad is less, is less good in a way. The problem is with kids, Kenny, is sometimes they're brutal. You could lay all that out to them and go, this is what it will mean. They'll go, yeah, I want to pull. 
I do want to <laughs> pull. Uh, so we it always is about have you, been... though, eh? This is so about you. Oh, and yeah, no, like it's, it's said, all coming from me. You don't seem to celebrate when the figures go up. It's like body dysmorphia. You don't look at the good bits. You just look at the bits that you hate and look yeah. for the fat or look for the whatever. But here and now, especially midlife, it's like, what do I wish to grow rather than what's wrong with me? An acceptance of what is a celebration of the goodness, because I remember looking back and thinking, wait a minute, I'm bitching in my head and I'm trying to fix the things that I haven't got. Meanwhile, the things that I've got now are the things that I dream of years ago. Yeah, yeah I'm a refugee I mean, boy. Look at my life. It's just off the scale brilliant. Kenny, just in terms of simple things people can do, obviously they can follow you. They can just, if you just Google the Man Whisperer and look on the socials, you'll find stuff with Kenny. If people are interested in joining these men's groups, either physically or online, what's the quickest way they could go about that? Meetup.com stroke menspeak, M E N S P E A K. Otherwise, go to mensgroups.co.uk. Um, but every day, uh, by donation, one hour, check in and maintain your marbles maintain your marbles it sounds like a good thing and i you know i have you know in line of our work i've seen this in action and believe me this is a growing thing uh, across the country more men are doing it so if you are struggling it's just one of those things that you could try you know no guarantees it will be for you but uh, there's no harm in trying and give it a go at maintaining your marbles and uh, kenny marmarella de cruz aka the man whisperer thank you so much for coming back on what most people think always a pleasure Okay, that was the chat with Kenny Marmarella de Cruz, and I hope you enjoyed that. There was so much valuable stuff in there, and do if you look if you're even teetering uh, on doing a men's group, get in touch with Kenny. He's a very sound bloke. He, you know, obviously he's very wise, and he's good. You know, in sort of delivering philosophical takes on these things but he's also he's very sound and on the level um, as a bloke so i hope you appreciate this bonus episode uh, in men's health week focusing on men's mental health okay uh, we've got some reviews here five stars please and the reviews are really important as well it all there's some fucking algorithm everything's got an algorithm now isn't it so it's all constant we all have to be producing content and getting praise for it i mean it is rather pathetic um this is from fat face penguin Brilliant. Top banter makes me laugh. Jeff, I mean, you've spelt it with a J there, even though at the top of the page it says G. And also, everyone knows that the only real spelling of Jeff is with a G. Jeff nails it every time, even if he is a terrible lefty. Look, I get, I get this more and more. I, you know, I'm centre-right. I'm a centre-right, centrist dad. You know, and I, there's there's no shame in... Well, there is a bit of shame, let's be honest. Um, this is from Harry the Bastard, 1979. They're all villains this week. Mostly very good. Needs more impressions, though. Your Keir Starmer impression always makes me laugh. I think a bit more silliness would definitely make this better. But maybe that's just me. It's very good. Five stars. Could you maybe get Andrew Neil on to talk about his GB News experience? Or Angus Deaton would be good, too. I mean... That is, I love that shout. Like Andrew Neil, first up, I'd love to get him on. I, I'm not sure this is at the level that, of stuff that he would do. Angus Deaton, just so out of nowhere. Get Angus Deaton, son. Get Angus Deaton. Maybe other people from that era of, of television. Clive James, is he dead? I don't know. Maybe they might be a bit of a stretch, as he concedes there. Whatever the case, keep it up, Jeff. You are definitely a cockney. There's something about the way that you've written that. And this is from Mucky. 
Maquis one. Uh, this is a five star review. Became a patron. I've been listening since the first lockdown, including the back catalogue. It's nice to hear guests of wildly different views having a constructive, friendly conversation without reducing it to a binary argument. I eventually relented to just constant begging for money and became a patron. It was more than worth it with the extra content, live gigs, etc. Keep up the work. Yeah, I mean, the Patreon is a way that you'll realise I haven't tried to, other than myself, I haven't tried to sell you any weird things like Nutri-Bullet that you fucking shit into and then you feed to your dog. What a gross thing. Where did that come from in my brain? But you know what I mean. You know one of those new products that they think, hey, we'll market this through podcasts. Um, So that is the way that the podcast is funded. That is why I can put out an extra bonus episode when either election results come up or it's Men's Mental Health Week. So if you think that that is a good thing and you want to experience, experience, you want to get all that extra content, uh, then do check it out. Uh, on Patreon. And uh, look, I hope you have a a great week. I mean, you'll probably be hearing this on Friday. It's going to be the hottest day of the fucking year. So remember, walk the dogs at weird times. That's the main thing about heat in this country. But I hope you enjoy it and have enjoyed the weather this week. Remember, we are probably hotter than Barbados slash the Seychelles. It's the only time you ever hear about the fucking Seychelles. Oh, 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 oh,